Hello, this is Art Monthly Monthly, the magazine programme on resonance which comes out of the current issue of Art Monthly, which happens to be May. And this month's issue has two pieces in it which we've chosen to talk about, and one is Sally O'Reilly, and the other one is by Ricca Hansen. Ricca's is a review of a haunch of venison show called Mythologies, and Sally's is a feature called, in the magazine, another fine mess, but she called it themed group shows, which basically is the subject of her article. Um, Now, both of these um, shows... Sorry, not both shows. The Mythologies show was a kind of themed show, so we thought that that would fit with um, Sally's article on the themed show. So it's like an example of what Sally writes about. She also mentions quite a few shows in her feature as well. I'm going to start by just reading a small bit of Sally's feature and then ask her to sort of begin perhaps expanding on it a bit, and we're going to try and elucidate what she thinks and also use Ricca to come in and ask her questions as well to do the same thing and discuss Ricca's review. I shall stop waffling on now. And Sally says at one point, rather than a discussion on curating, it is more the impact on epistemology that interests me. The shortfalls of a show like La Sombra is not necessarily its theme, but its application as an almost arbitrary filter or glue. So, Sally, basically, what what I would like us to try and help people understand is that you have a view of theme shows and maybe how they should be done. And that show, La Sombra, is perhaps an example of one that is a way of not mm-hmm. doing it, you think. I think there are many ways of doing a theme show, many, many... And over the years, after having look at having uh, looked at sometimes I think too much art uh, <laughs> and, and and far too many group shows, I, I guess. Mm, hang on, no. What it is, I guess, I came to this feature as a way of thinking about writing about art, which is why I make that point of not wanting to concentrate on curation. Um, I always I wondered why I found it. Why my heart sank when I would be commissioned to go and review a theme show or a group show, group show at all, and I realised that the thing that excites me about writing about art is the depth to which you can go uh, uh, when thinking about somebody else's uh, production. And uh, what a group show seems to do, and a theme show in particular, it, it, it seems to create um, kind of horizontal links that an artist isn't particularly interested in pursuing, I think. So something like La Sombre, where they're, where they're uh, exploring the uses of shadows throughout 20th century, actually since the Renaissance, uh, the, the, the significance of shadows in art from the Renaissance to contemporary art, uh, there, is, there is an inclusion of surrealism, uh, many surrealism photographs and, and paintings there where the shadow takes on metaphysical resonance. Uh, but then... But then, it, it, when it when it sort of comes up to contemporary work, it, it becomes patchy, and these sorts of areas stop being mined quite so um, well. I guess conclusively, and it becomes like a typological uh, mode of just spotting instances of shadows. And an artist may have included a shadow for I don't know compositional reasons, and suddenly it may not be a major feature of the of, the, just, of their interest. Or it's in, not in a kind of central hinge. It's, yeah. it's just an instance. And I think that diffuses the artist's intention. Yeah. We, we use an example in the magazine of an Andy Warhol. 
we used an example of an Andy Warhol thing. I've just forgotten about the microphone. Um, called the Shadow 981, which was in a group was in the in the show. And that, that would be a contemporary example, wouldn't it? That was also on the cover of a book called A Short History of the Shadow. Uh, right, right. Which, which you mention in your in your piece, I do, didn't you? Yeah, I do. Yeah, that, that's by the way that that show La Sombra is in um, Madrid at the. Uh, Musee Thyssen Born and I can't say it, but it's in Madrid. In the I big won't museum. say it. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> there was also a themed show, um, also on the shadow at Compton Verney, uh, ah. I think a couple of years ago, oh, yeah. which, which was a different one, which I actually reviewed for Art Monthly, uh, which had exactly the same uh, Andy Warhol piece in it. Mm-hmm. But I was wondering, in terms of um, uh, that thing you were saying, Sally, that your heart sank when you had to review, review these themed shows because I can, I can recognize that. And I've also been, like you, wondering why that was the case. And I guess as a critic, I'm always slightly in doubt about what it is I'm reviewing when I'm reviewing mm. this because in, for example, uh, Mythologies at Haunts of Venison, in a show that is so big uh, and has so many, some well-known pieces in it, some less well-known, uh, you will inevitably find some good works. So in a sense, the exhibition is worthwhile for that. But at the same time, what am I commenting on? Am I commenting on the bringing together of these works and the kind of violation uh, that very often happens when they get grouped via a, a certain theme? I think mythology is perhaps slightly different as a theme than say shadows or something like that would be. Um, but I have a question for you, uh, Sally, which is something I couldn't stop wondering about when I read your piece, which is um, the kind of themed works or themed groupings that you seem to come out in favor of are strangely literature rather than shows. So you have Stephen Connor's The Book of Skin, um, and you have um, uh, the one you just mentioned, A History of the Shadow, which is also a book. Mm-hmm. Is there something in literature that is that makes that different, that kind of pursuit? I think it's entirely the point that you were just making about group shows. You wonder what it is that you're writing about. Are you writing about the instances, the, the artworks, or are you writing about what happens when you bring them together? And I, and I find that that ambivalence is... Is, is difficult to navigate um, because it's generally not very tightly authored and a group show is very um, contingent upon what works are available, who's heard of whom, uh, who and, and taste and, and all of these issues that mean that, that nothing can be exhaustively um, considered. Uh, but when it comes to literature, I find that, that that kind of process of authorship is in the control of the writer and of course there are other factors that mean that something can be it can be in or can't be in or or some mistakes that are made or something that isn't known about but the links between these I call them I call them items that are discussed are absolutely authored and so therefore that ambivalence between what are we looking at the the items under discussion or or the links that make up that discussion that ambivalence is 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 isn't there it's pinned down and I think that's that's why I've come to the, the, the resting point of literature in this article uh, in any way. As a good as a as examples that are good as it were or as or a solution yeah, so to the problem. Yeah. Except as a solution to exhibitions. As a solution it, it, to thematic thinking. Thematic thinking, right. Which is kind of which you might be able to try and apply to exhibitions 
Um, that's a kind of question. Sorry, I mean. Yeah, I guess this is a call to a call to arms, if you like, for uh, yeah. more rigorous thematic thinking. Yeah. So that 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 process of linking isn't just taken for granted. It's not just things in the same room. There is a there is a rigor. There's a yeah. a thoughtfulness that comes through authorship. But then, oh, then we're back in the realm of uh, of over curation. Yeah. Well, yeah, because that's something that was became a problem as well, didn't it? Because mm -hmm. I mean, when, when artists, I remember thinking, you know, well. If I give, if the work goes in this show, that person is going to make it mean something that, or appear to mean something that, that I don't want it to mean, mm -hmm. and that is, and that. So, you, but if, you, if if so, it's an element of trust, isn't it? Really, that in the end, with, with between the curator and and the artist, he select, they select, he sorry, they select. Yeah, it's almost a, an impossibility. There's yeah. a rock and a hard place there. Especially if they're dead. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, that was. But, hmm. Because you, um, but anyway, that's why I said in the article I didn't want to talk about curation because it's it, it yeah. Sorry, we are, aren't we? Yeah, just get stuck, and uh, I'm, I'm more interested in that's why we get onto literature the uh, well the usage of thematic thinking. I think there's also a problem if it if it's only put down to curation, uh, where you know the curator becomes the bad guy and the artist become the misunderstood ones, yeah. um, and clearly that is not hopefully not always the case. Um, but I'm still struggling with, with finding out how, how we might take this model from literature um, and work with it in terms of a show. Uh, because it's also something that in literature, I think, is, is a challenge in itself, which is the challenge of uh, interdisciplinarity. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, Connor's Book of Skin is a radically interdisciplinary <laughs> interdisciplinary uh, kind of work. Um, at the same time, it's also very rigorous, and at the same time, he's obviously writing as a, as a literary scholar. Um, so there is, a, there is a kind of kernel there. There is something uh, that this is sort of focused on or centered on. Um, and... I think it's. It, I think the, the, we do come down to a sense of interdisciplinarity, and um, a, uh, the problem of interdisciplinarity, and particularly the way in which we almost try to discipline interdisciplinarity by saying yes, but this is all something in common because it's all about shadows. It's all about so and so and so. But I guess my question is what we've already talked about a little bit is, is this at all possible um, to, is it at all possible to learn something from uh, these books that, that you mention and apply it to, to theme shows or, and, or are theme shows always, go, are they always going to be problematic? Uh, they probably are always going to be problematic, but I do rather enjoy an interdisciplinary exhibition as well. That you know, we, we have Mark Wallinger's kind of theme show uh, on at the moment where it's not just art, it's a, a broader range of cultural artefacts to an extent, I think. Oh, is it? Is it in fact, actually? Or is it all <laughs> art? Oh my goodness. <laughs> no, there are some, no, some non-art cultural artefacts out there, but uh, it, it, it feels more interdisciplinary because of its temporal spread. Um, and also thinking about shows like... Um, Metamorphosis by Marina Warner at the Science Museum a few years ago. The contemporary art in that was was not great, uh, but what was more interesting was the way that she 
had selected artworks that that used thematics or, or well no they weren't using the thematic they were of the theme um, in a way that was equivalent to some of the say the biological artifacts so uh, ideas of transformation I, I guess the verbs being said the idea of a show containing items that are from different disciplines I don't think is them being about shadows but about them uh, about the shadow running through them and they and they operate with shadows according to different verbs, I think. So, uh, so the, the metamorphosis one, there were there were a few mutations around the verb of metamorphosis itself that some of the contemporary visual art um, utilized, as well as some of the scientific artifacts. And then there would be other different types of more sort of mythological transformation that chimed with um, artifacts that came came from uh, different cultural sources. So I think this idea of things being about shadows is, is perhaps problematic and especially with regards to interdisciplinarity because I, I don't think you say that science is about anything but it, there are instances of transformation or, or shadows or something like that that do occur. I'm sorry to bring this back to curation which is the one, you, <laughs> the, the one thing you want to get away from but, um, but then the kind of shows that you just mentioned uh, also the Mark Wallinger show, that does put the curator in a very specific mm. role, which turns the curator into a curator-artist, um, in which the whole show becomes the kind of work, and also the Maria Warner show, it does sort of become a work or a thing by positing these, you know, um, artworks alongside something that we d would not necessarily... Uh, considered to be art. I think there was a difference between the, Warn the Marina Warner and the Mark Wallinger. I agree with you, the Wallinger is completely authored and it does feel more like a literary um, extemporization on a, th on a theme, whereas Marina Warner feels much more research-based, as though it, it is a mode of display of artefacts that connect, rather than links that she's imposed. Not that I'm saying Wallinger is, well, imposition. Sounds like a bad word. Maybe it's not Yes, I, I quite. Are we not putting one above the other? Well, I mean, hierarchically, you're not saying Mark Mark's show is no, more successful. They're I just they're, they're just both different. Both equally interesting. But in they're very maybe more successful ways. than, than say, the say the shadow show we were talking about. Well, I think the think? shadow was the shadow show was poorly authored. I think yeah. Mark's is authored and and Marina Warner's is researched and they're yes, different. Yes, but, they're but they, different they, yeah, methods. Yeah, yeah. I, I, mean, I agree. Equally it valid. does feel a bit like a, an artwork Mark Mark show in a way. I, I was wondering, and I probably can't even formulate the question, but if if there is this problem, if the if in the in the way the show is presented, the problem of themes is actually announced as a problem, that it, somehow I don't know how you do it, but then if I, so, I walk into this into an exhibition or whatever it is, and it, and it actually I'm being told that 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 it's difficult to do this well, and you know I'm being it's pointed out to me almost in, in the in the way the show's done that might actually well, I can't stand. He's going to these shows where it's all we're supposed to accept the fact that it's fine to do themed shows. Where do you know what I mean? Mm. So I, I almost want people to to tell us that they they're tripping up in trying, um, and then it becomes it be slightly more more acceptable. Is the pomposity of some of these sort of theme shows or or big curated shows curating again? Sorry. Yeah, I guess there is. Um 
there are some attempts at completism, perhaps, that, that, yeah. that that's sort of what the Shadow Show felt like. It was a, a failed attempt in completism, but there are shows that riff around an idea and and are very whimsical, and I think they announce themselves as not attempting to be... Yeah, so they're completist. problematic as well. No, no, I don't think whimsical is a bad, right, a bad okay. thing. You know, it's just down to somebody's caprice what they've included again it's yeah yeah it's which is again more like, more like art sometimes in a way possibly more what? more like art making maybe i don't know or is that oh we want to curate curating again sorry <laughs> <laughs> well you have to change the subject then Sally. um okay but i'm interested in interdisciplinarity and uh ricky you were talking about the problems of it what do you think the roots of the problems I think uh, there are a number of challenges, certainly, and that's also what makes it interesting, um, and particularly uh, for artists or for someone who's writing about art, or um, in which that the artwork might or the artist might borrow on all kinds of things uh, in terms of of what the work is, for lack of a better word, about, um, and. I think one of the challenges is that, that it, it can open up in so many directions. Um, so you need to be incredibly rigorous, and I'm probably more talking about writing here, incredibly rigorous in terms of where you borrow from if you are allowed to borrow from, uh, from wherever. Um, I think the other thing is that sometimes interdisciplinarity for, it's a difficult word to pronounce, um, that's, that, that's also a problem. Um, uh, but sometimes um, it's a problem if interdisciplinarity becomes something for itself or for the sake of interdisciplinarity itself. Uh, and I think we also need to remember that there are uh, some things that say, for example, art can do really well or that literature can do really well. Uh, so disciplinarity is in itself not bad and interdisciplinarity in itself good. Um, I think there has to be something that sort of pulls um, pulls the work together um, in terms of, say, a piece of writing uh, that borrows from, say, psychoanalysis, um, mythology, like, like, for example, the Book of Skin borrows from all of these uh, different fields. Uh, so where do you stop? And I think you, you can have the same problem in a, in a, in a very large themed show because I guess another frustration I have when I go to see these shows, particularly the very, very large ones, is that at some point when I've seen enough, I still start, I still begin to think, yeah, but why isn't this one in here? Mm -hmm. Because surely that one has, say, a shadow. Mm -hmm. um, uh, and you just have this endless, endless, you know, more and more works that you can put into this box. And weirdly enough, because none of them really fit, uh, you can keep on putting um, uh, the Hayward. Um, there was a, an exhibition at the Hayward on tourism in art, and you know, uh, a, a few years ago, and you have everything about mobility culture. You know, all these kinds of things that a lot of artists have been interested in for many years, and suddenly, you know, I mean, there was so much work there uh, that yes, you're going to see something very, very. Um, you're going to see some good and seminal works there, 
but you're also going to wonder, well, why not, you know, the next hundred works? Mm. Well, that's the pathology of collecting, isn't it? Uh, the, the idea that once you start, you, you, have to, you have to persist until completion, and a collection kind of implies. But it was implying that, that it, n it never ends. Yeah. Yeah. Was the box gets bigger <laughs> almost. Are, are you, Sally, just to ask, are, are you doing any themed creativity at the moment? <laughs> No, I'm not, but I, I was. <laughs> we were doing a themed... You have uh, done. I have yeah, done. Yeah. The, the last five years, we had a themed interdisciplinary broadsheet called yes. Implicosphere. In, yeah, in, ca in Cabinet magazine, yeah. It wasn't eventually, yeah, yeah. distributed in Cabinet um, originally. We used to carry it around in suitcases ourselves, and it would be on themes like string and mice and the nose and smoke. And, and how and did you choose those? Because, well, we had one that was our folly, and that was on the theme of folly. We realised that it was too abstract and broad. But actually, if you take string, what I like about the idea of us going around in suitcases with this... With this publication on the theme of string who wants to know about string <laughs> yeah, hawking it around they don't know they do until they read it oh and then they're then they love it yeah yeah <laughs> uh, uh, what was I saying uh, <laughs> yeah this interdisciplinary why oh yes why those themes uh, because apart from folly they're all apparently things that you can point at and you can say there is string there yeah. is smoke yeah. even though one is more nebulous than the other yeah uh, they are they are objects you can pick up their nouns and and then we found well it was on a single sheet of paper and, and we like the um, kind of hubris of trying to fit the definition of something apparently uh, obvious or knowable as string and then finding that you just can't because there are so many instances of string that, that run counter to its meaning if you like in other instances. I never so, knew string had meaning. Oh, it's so <laughs> meaningful. Well, no, I think you can make it. You've made it meaningful, probably by your by your research, haven't you? Which, which. Well, we also made it meaningless. So it was, oh, okay, it was almost yeah. like an anti-theme. Right, right. Publication in that, uh, we just were um, demonstrating the impossibility of of ever founding a theme. Yeah. I think there's also uh, a question of um, methodology there, that when you start to notice something like string, you start to notice lots of other things. So it also becomes about a way of looking at, at things mm. and, 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 and looking at objects in the world. So it's, it's not just about string in that, in that respect. No, no, no. Well, partic almost particularly not, probably, really. Just knowing what the balance must be very delicate between... Otherwise, it'd just be boring, wouldn't it? String... <laughs> it, it, it is it is about it it kind of i think well i hope it prompts thinking about thinking or knowing about knowing what other examples other than the string go give us one that's com that you did that was completely the nose salt and pepper yeah the onion they all sound quite similar but i know they're not but somehow the way you say them <laughs> <laughs> it's sort of intoned in a, in a <laughs> Uh, string, and then there was mice, <laughs> and then there was smoke. Yeah, it was much more um, exciting than that. Yes, no, I'm, yeah. But um, that, well, that, that, and I was wondering whether you were actually planning to curate a show. I, I've used the word curate. I'm sorry, but make a theme show. That's what I should say. Perhaps you're either of you at all. I mean, to to do better than the people. Well, we did a smoke show. Yeah, and, and, yeah. I, and that had a bit of art in it, but uh, not too much. No, I know. Colors of coal, smokeless coal. Yeah, and was that similar um, attitude? Did you apply a similar attitude to that as you did to the the Yeah. Yeah, yeah. 
Good. Well, uh, well, I'm not a curator, so... Uh, no, sorry. I'm not, no, but you I'm might not be driven an thinking. But I do get asked a lot to write uh, catalogue essays for themed Right, which, shows. Is, which is close, yeah. Yeah, and and there is, I mean, obviously, um, writing like that is, is a commission. I mean, you, you are inevitably going to... Uh, I wouldn't say be positive about it, but at least you're going to give the show a chance. Yeah. Um, or say no, <laughs> if if you really think you can't, um, and yeah, that is kind of uh, it is a real challenge uh, to do that. Usually, I I opt for not actually mentioning the works in it and write in a kind of parallel way, yeah. so that the text becomes something that is almost alongside the work and not about the work. Um, yeah, yeah. But this is what I really love, you know, to be kind of upbeat. About something for once, and I always worry I sound a little bit cynical at all times. But you know, what's really great about writing about art is that you can use it as a vehicle, and uh, you're asked to write about somebody's work who deals with a subject that I was just re- uh, writing about Jordan Baseman's work, writing about transsexual prostitutes in Soho. Because I wouldn't have ever dreamed of thinking of writing about, and I just find that such an incredible uh, well. Either it's a privilege or an outrage. I'm never <laughs> quite sure which. I that we're it, allowed to hop about this much. No, I agree. I, f- I think um, it's something you enjoy if you are what would be called an occasional writer in the strictest sense of the term, as writing on the occasion of. And if you see, if, if, if that kind of intrusion into your research world or writing world, if the artwork becomes that kind of irritant or intrusion, it will send your research off in all kinds of different areas. And I think that that is the kind of challenge, particularly if you're writing about several works at the same time, because you could end up sounding really confused. Uh, and at the same time, you don't want to just repeat perhaps the error of saying all these works are about so and so. So you you want to to make it open ended, open ended, and and also at the same time you, you want it to work as a piece of writing, which is difficult. Mm. <laughs> I'm interested in. Um, this idea of specialism and art as a specialism. Do you think? Do you think it's possible to be a specialist in contemporary art at all? No, I don't. I don't think so. Um, I think whenever I um, whenever I've seen works that seem to be about something, I've, I've been writing quite a lot recently about um, uh, exhibitions that have a lot of animals in them, and a lot of them are. On the occasion of the Darwin year, so I mean, I, I believe you me, there will be more to come, and um, and I think we end up talking about um, how how is this about animals, but in a way, it's also very much what does this do to the artwork. So it's not maybe a specialism, a specialism, um, but it is. I mean, for example, animals in performance, it could be something else in performance, ends up telling us something about what performance is. And I think art is perhaps very good at asking questions that are open-ended, which folks, which literature can do as well, but maybe philosophy struggles to do sometimes. So I don't think it's a field as such. Uh, it's a strange sort of non-field, which is mm. what makes it special or specific. I do envy people um, studying PhDs because you bring the the artwork to you and I always feel like I have to perambulate myself out to the artwork all the time. It feels like we have very different uh, relationships to the artwork that's out there, (laughs) which is kind of interesting. 
how glorious to have transport laid on in the form of art to carry us to all corners of the ascetic, social, emotional, epistemological, fantastical and absurdist universes. That's the first line of Sally's article. We may have gone somewhere near there. It was sort of ironic anyway, wasn't it? This word glorious in your article. <laughs> but um, hopefully you listeners will want to grab Art Monthly and read both their pieces. So thank you very much, uh, Ricka Hansen and Sally O'Reilly. Uh, goodbye, everyone. Residence listeners can get a 30% discount on Art Monthly subscriptions, which will be £30 instead of 44 Call or email Art Monthly quoting Residence. Go to our website, artmonthly.co.uk.